All right, this week on the AIS podcast, we have Brittany Murphy with One Thing Marketing. We talk everything SEO, uh, we talk diet pills versus long-term success, uh, talking about more, I need a lead right now, or I'm trying to build a moat in long-term SEO uh, approach. So really interesting conversation. She's super knowledgeable, and I think you guys are gonna get a lot of value out of it. So like, share, subscribe, comment, and enjoy this episode. Perfect. Well, thanks for having me. I am the marketing director at One Thing Marketing, and we mainly specialize in helping contractors get their marketing where it needs to be. A quick background on me, kind of how I got here, is my dad's actually a retired pipe fitter of 30 years. So it was very fun on my side, but my mom obviously didn't want me to go into trades, but I knew very quickly growing up, because it was more of a small business that he worked for, if he was doing good or not. So if they were getting jobs and getting booked, he was busy. We were doing really well as a family, eating well. When times were not doing well, if sprinklers did not need to be readjusted in existing buildings or there was no new construction jobs going on, we really felt that as a family and how we were eating in, rel- rel- relation, oh my gosh, in relation to how he was doing. So I've always kind of been a creative person and it really kind of blended the two beauties about 10 years ago, I started with One Thing Marketing and we've transitioned over to being mainly focused on contractors because I understand what it comes, what it feels like coming from a family with a background in trades and the knowledge and joy I get out of marketing. My joke is I don't expect a plumber to do amazing SEO, nor do I expect him to know anything about it. Just like I hope my plumber does not get mad at me when I watched a YouTube video and it wasn't the right thing to do and I just made a bigger mess for them to have to come and clean up. Um, it's kind of a really a joy between the two worlds. Um, the joke I always give is I, I was raised somewhat by my father, so I can cuss like a sailor at times. <laughs> I'll try not to let all that slip out here. Um, but that's kind of what we just kind of had a passion about. We understand what they need. And we know these guys are way too busy to have to focus on their marketing whole time and know every single thing about it. So we really just kind of want to be that resource that they can trust, bounce ideas off of. And then at the end, we get this shit done for them. Yeah, I love it. And with yeah, coming from the trades, you know, I, I, it's nice that you understand the feast and famine aspect of how most contractors live their lives, right? When times are good, families well, right? They're going on vacation. They're, they're having a good time. And when things aren't well, it, it directly affects them. So I love that you have that passion behind it. And a lot of contractors listening to this podcast, uh, you know, some are more established, but a lot of times they're contractors that are just starting, right? They're searching Apple, they're searching Spotify, and they're like, how to start a construction company podcast, right? Uh, so for that contractor, for that person just starting out, where do they even begin with marketing? Is it a priority when they're when they're first getting started? And if so, how's that approach look? Are they just looking to get leads in the door? Are they establishing a brand? Like where, where do they start? Yeah, great <laughs> questions. And I'm sure everyone listening says, oh, how new and riveting a marketer to say you need to do marketing for your business (laughs) right you know so kind of my aspects with this is unless you already have such a huge lead base and a referral networking group that is just feeding you hand over fist leads maybe that does need to take a back seat however you and i ryan we like to look five ten years forward into the future you know what's this business what do we want to turn into yeah so if you are thinking long term then you want to think strategically what things we can do to help us the best. And they say the best time to plant a tree is 10 years ago. 
And that's kind of the same said with marketing. So if we want to prioritize things, the biggest things I tell any contractor, hey, let's say we have $100 to our name to put to marketing. Here's what I would do if I were you, knowing what I've known for the past decade is get that freaking website. I know it sucks. It is not fun to do. It's maybe it's not something you're technically savvy enough to do, but there's AI builders out there now that I've heard can build a pretty savvy website for you just to get something up. Because the idea of the website, if you're not sold on it yet, is it is your cheapest 24 hour salesperson you will ever have. They mm-hmm. don't sleep at 2 a.m. when you know the husband of the, the wife and team is pissed that they hate their kitchen. They hate their bathrooms. They hate everything. They're in a fight. They're not sleeping because, you know, the husband hasn't taken care of it. Well, he's on his phone when he wakes up to find someone in a contractor who can help him get those things done. So given hands down, any of your marketing strategies are going to send you back to the website. So be there, be present, have what you need to have to answer any of your future prospects questions. Yeah. Outside of that, let's start some ads. So I like to consider marketing like health. It is diet and exercise that's going to keep us healthy long-term. So there are some marketing things we should be doing every day to make sure we're breathing and feeling our best. So that would be like your website. However, there's things like diet pills that you can throw in at the very beginning. We don't want to lean on them completely. You know, we want to do the right thing. But there's these diet pills you can throw in via different marketing channels to help you get more leads when you need to get them. So that could be... Let's throw up some fa- a Facebook profile, an Instagram profile, run some ads. Easily, you can set up some Google ads as well. And there are a few different types of styles of ads, and they all do get expensive after a while. But let's just say if you land your first contracting gig, you get a 50 grand kitchen. You are subbing out everything. There's not a huge profit margin on it, but you have enough where you can reinvest back into marketing. These are the avenues you want to put those diet pills in as quickly as possible so you can build that brand, build that visibility of yourself and be able to move forward and hire more team members, you know, really kind of build out your team to do what you need to do with it. Those are some basics I would say to start. If you're looking more long-term, what I specialize in is SEO, but those would be the base things and what was not said, but should be done immediately. It's also your Google business listing. If that's something you're not aware of, we can kind of dive into that as well. But those are the main general areas people are going to yeah. go to look for to find a contractor. Yeah. When I talk to contractors that are starting out, um, there's just a lot of confusion, right? Because people use like the acronyms, right? SEO, SEM. Uh, you know, now the search search listing on Google. There's all these other different acronyms that make it sound so complex and Mm. it is complex because you know you could go into all the funnels you need for the problems you're solving and how to get people cold to warm to converting and all these different things but i'm I'm in a group with the probably about 30 other contractors and my biggest thing is hustle right the best marketing is hustle right if you have a hundred bucks to your name getting a website having a qr code printed out some door hangers with that qr code and you just created a funnel. Yeah. You, you don't know it, but you did, you know? And yeah, I think just the hustle side of marketing, because I love your first analogy with the problem with the husband and wife. And I think we're in the service industry and at the core of what we do, we're solving a problem, right? Yes. Whether that's a social problem, they want the status of this custom kitchen, or if that is a, I don't have a kitchen problem because the house flooded, like we're solving a problem and marketing and the messaging behind marketing should be 
eliciting a response on how we bring a solution to the table. And yeah, it doesn't have to be tough. So let's talk more short-term, long-term. Yeah. So we talked about the diet pills, right? I'm a big yeah. diet pill fan because I always like shortcuts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it also doesn't work because I just put that weight back on. But long-term, like if you're planning on a 510, a generational company that you're gonna hand down to your kids, let's talk SEO because Google My Business, um, that first step in creating that profile, in my opinion, is the most important social media profile you can have. Absolutely. And how do we boost that? How do we get on the map pack? How do we get more visibility locally? Yeah. And you already said a technical word I'm going to dive into really quickly, the map pack. I mean, that is where if we type mm. in contractor near me, you know, there yeah. might be some Google ads at the very top. And below that's actually that little map design we see with companies A, B, and C, maybe a sponsored. So number D, you can see reviews, phone numbers, address, the gambit. It is the most desirable place you want to be. And, you know, we mentioned you can see it clearly, but I see a lot of our contractors get 60 to 70% of our calls and conversions from being in that Google map pack area. So one of the best ways, and there's a few factors that go into this. I'll keep it as I, as bird's eye level as possible with this, because it can get very nitty gritty is first and foremost is proximity. So when I talk to any contractor about where they want to get more business at, you do need to make sure your Google business listing has your address on it. So if you're working out of your home, that's fine. List the address, you know, unless you're very scared because grandma lives with you, you're afraid you're going to get looted because your address is online. First off, it's already listed online. <laughs> Anybody can find <laughs> this information out for you, scary enough. But you really want to list that address because Google is using that physical address to dictate proximity from everybody who's searching for you. So if you're in a neighborhood and you live in that neighborhood where you would love to do more of your neighbor's homes and remodels or new additions, anything of that nature, you want to list that because Google is going to base first off proximity. So how far away you are from the searcher. Now, the funny part about this, my, my joke that I hate Google is still using that as number one. But the thing I like to say is if you were to get arrested in Vegas, would you want the closest attorney or the best attorney to get out of to get mm -hmm. out of jail? You probably want the best attorney, you know? So that is one thing where knowing that this is the biggest factor, if you have not selected a place to have your office or your warehouse yet, use this knowledge to your benefit when you're planning a year or two down the road pick to have your office in an area that you want to do more business in. So is the West End highly successful, a lot of big homes you want to work on? Get an office there. Don't go to the East End where maybe it's just not where your target clients lives. Don't be there. Don't don't focus on that. Try to get where you want to be first off proximity. The second ranking factor is actually how well your website ranks. So that is a reason why I said the first and foremost thing you want to do is have a place that's your 24-hour salesperson that people can come to check everything out about you. And everything on your website, you can post on social media. You know, this is your testimonials, your gallery, your list of services, your process, things about your culture. You know, you can put all of that on any of these platforms. However, your website ranking is what Google is going to use to showcase how far out they should start to show you relevancy-wise. So that is why I do say put some effort into social media. But unfortunately, if you have a million followers on social media, that's not going to translate back into Google and how they want to rank you. So there are some sides to what we want to make sure we're focusing on holistically. 
The third most important thing, reviews. So I know that's like pulling teeth for most people mm -hmm. to get reviews out of clients. And I hate that. But that is growing as a huge ranking factor and one of the biggest conversion factors. Because guess what, Ryan? You don't want to call a three-star, do you? No, no, not at all. So what's your number? Just curious, what's the number you look for and above? I usually, like if I see a four-star company, I will filter by the lowest review first mm -hmm. and I'll read top down. So I'll get the worst and try to be eyes wide open on like, am I okay with these things? Or does this person sound crazy uh, that left this review? Uh, and then make a decision off of that. Absolutely. And I, I love that you say that. So my joke, I did get married this year and I haven't done all the paperwork to change my name just because that sounds oh, like learning SEO. Six years, don't worry. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, just like a, a contractor <laughs> learning to do SEO, figuring out how to change my name on everything sounds just as tedious to me. So I, I absolutely love that you said that because my joke is my maiden last name is Murphy. So Murphy's Law is true for me. In the last 30 plus <laughs> years, it has been true. So I love to filter by the worst reviews to say, okay, most likely this might happen to me. What is the business's response to it? So is the business owner apologizing or asking for you to call so they can address the situation are they asking to fix it for that client awesome i have more trust in that contractor now so not that google's looking to see how good of a person you are i mean you could take a couple shots of bourbon write the meanest review response to a bad review and that's still engagement so google still could rank you for it ideally yeah. that's not what you want to do but those are the three biggest factors you want to look at so when you are claiming your google my business you know, and when you do have an office or you're changing offices, make sure you're located where you want to be. Add in content that answers relevant questions on your website where you list every single thing that you do, every single service. And make sure after you complete that service for your clients, you are asking for reviews and you are responding to those reviews. Those will be the top three things you can kind of do to make sure you rank in that map pack, which is the golden area that we all want to be in because it's one of the most trusted areas and why it gets the highest conversion on any of the results of Google. Yeah. And I have, I would say three uh, pieces of tech that might help that contractor um, once you can support the overhead to have them. Uh, the first one would be nice job. Uh, does a great job at getting those reviews. Second would be podium. And then third would be guild quality. Um, and I would say in that order as well, I would say, but all three of those do a great job getting reviews. I, as a contractor, I have found that the most difficult part about getting reviews is the volume that you do, right? Like the person that's doing decks or window replacement exterior, uh, and they have a lot of volume, mm -hmm. you know, you might get 10, 20% of people that convert and leave a Google review. For us, we might do 30 projects in a year where our, another contractor is doing 300, yes. right? That's like three to six reviews. And it's so frustrating. Like we just built up to like across all of our GMBs, Facebook, everything else. Like I think it's like 60 reviews. Um, awesome. And that, and that took forever to nail fighting. Like yes. some reviews would come six months after the project was done. Cause we just kept calling them every month. Like, Hey, how are you doing? How's your project? Everything holding up? You love it still? Can you leave us a review? <laughs> you know, like, cause we just need that review. Yes. Yeah. And that's kind of the hard part is when you are new, you're competing against people who are doing more jobs yeah. more often. And that's one thing I don't want to let you bite you in the butt. So we're, you don't do it at all. You know, don't give yourself that negative feedback with it. The bigger the job, what my recommendation is for my contractors, the bigger the job, obviously, the more communication you're going to have with the client. 
what you want to do at the very beginning is set the expectation of if we do a fantastic job for you in return for our small company, would you be willing to leave a review? Like, yeah. I'm not going to hold up my screen and have the 10, 15, 20% tip image <laughs> up. You know, you're not going to tip me Gosh, after you do this. Yes. Yeah, so we all hate it. Ugh. All I'm going to ask for is just two minutes of your time. You know, if we do a good job, would you be willing to leave a review for us? And you can take this a couple steps up to help yourself even more. All it takes is a backbone of you asking this because what's the worst that can happen? They say no, no. right? So no. you're asking. I also for found with like design build companies like us mm -hmm. asking for a, a review on our design process, right? Mm -hmm. And then giving them the opportunity, like you could update that review at the end of the project, but you know, let other people know how you experienced our design. Like yes. was it a great experience because it's a such a shorter cycle mm -hmm. that we could crank out 50 designs, right? And some yep. of those projects might have to go through architectural engineering, everything else, but interior design is often like the pinnacle Yes. of that client's experience because the next thing that happens is they wait and then their home gets torn apart. <laughs> yeah. And then, then and then at the end what it's like the second, you know, peak, but there's yeah. a lot of valleys in the construction process. So And I and I appreciate good. you said that because that's actually something so if anyone ever checks out our Google business listing, that's one thing I do. I talk to so many people given a strategy. I know I'm not the perfect fit for everybody, just like for design build. You know you're not going to be the perfect fit for every client. You know I watched your video about how some people want to piecemeal this together. Well, that's not something they should be bringing to you because that's not where the value is with you. Yeah. So I know for us as well, if we focus on their marketing, it's not going to happen day one. This is a long-term strategy and multiple things we're trying to put together. So I actually try to do a good job of it. I don't always because even I'm not perfect when it comes to knowing what you should be doing marketing-wise is I try to ask someone if after I give them that strategy session and I brainstorm and I create their strategy, I tell them everything they need to do from A to Z, here's the process, you do it. I explain everything to them so solidly and they seem over the moon, happy and completely appreciative the time I put to do this. I try to ask them after that, hey, whether or not you choose to move forward with us, how have you felt about this strategy session and the process I put you through? And I said, this is amazing. No one else has given us that experience. And I say, okay, well, if you wouldn't mind, I'm going to put a Google link to leave a review. If you'd be willing to, I'd love just to know about what this part of the process felt like for you. So therefore it would hopefully help people not be so shy to book and schedule that initial strategy with us. Mm -hmm. And so we do have strategies or sorry, reviews just about strategies and that's a beneficial thing any business can do. And I love that you broke that up into parts because you can't ask them, hey, you can always come back and add more, change this later. This is a thing we can't change on your behalf, but you can kind of put that into place. And the thing I was saying before is if you're already asking them these things, maybe take it up a notch. You know, well, after we finish, we don't really have a good gallery just yet. Would you mind if we took a few videos, pans of the after project to put on our website? Like, oh, yeah, that's not mm -hmm. a problem. Okay. If you would be willing, could we take a picture of you standing in your kitchen as well, just to show like, hey, here's the homeowner. And you know, and if you'd be willing to say a few words while we shoot it, we'd really appreciate it. Most people will keep saying yes and yes and yes. And so by the time you get there, they may say no, they may change their mind, but you already set that expectation that you would be asking. So therefore you should not be scared that you were finally or, there where it needs to be. I saw a contractor that I was, uh, I was just researching random contracting companies around the nation and this guy on his social media, he had the homeowner hold like a sign that said, I went with XYZ contracting and I love my project. And that was like the testimonial. And I thought like, how, like that's such a low friction way yeah. to get uh, a semi kind of testimonial type thing 
Because visually, people can put it together. Like, that's a happy homeowner. Yes. They're holding this sign saying, I went with KHB Construction and I'm stoked about my kitchen. Um, you should do that too, you know? Because uh, it's the social authority at the end of the day. Right? Absolutely. Because who do people buy from? They like, know, and trust them, right? Yep. If we can get the know and trust done in our marketing, all we have to do is make them like us. And mm -hmm. if you're the owner of the company, you have the best story to tell. It's a little, really easy to be likable with a homeowner that you have a solution for their problem, right? Yes. So I think that just getting the social proof and why that's so important on GMB and why it's the most important social media platform that kind of isn't even viewed as a social media platform. Yeah. And I mean, people love sharing things about themselves too. So even if they said, oh, no, I don't want to be in the video or the photography, sorry, you know, just don't feel comfortable with it anymore. Okay, well, we're going to post these. We'd love if you'd share them. And the people who are sharing them are spreading the reach of what you're doing because they're happy to share how awesome this looks. You know, like, hey, mm -hmm. I didn't divorce Todd this month because we got our kitchen redone. Ha, ha, ha. You know, like those social <laughs> posts would go viral. So that's kind of what you're trying to create is, you know, that fun experience for them of, hey, just be open and honest with them. We're a small business starting out. We came and left from a, a company that wasn't standing by the standards we wanted to have. So that's why we created our own company. But unfortunately, by doing that, it's a harder uphill journey for us to get where we want to go. Would you help us along that journey as long as we do right by you and give you exactly what you want in the end? And yeah. who wouldn't say hell yeah to that? I mean, we all want to support local, but you need to have that backbone ask and make that expectation set in the very beginning. And life will just get easier because it's never a surprise anymore for these guys. They have been told numerous times throughout the process, this would be the expectation. And by the end of it, most of them are very open to it because you're going to make it a streamlined process for them to leave a review, leave a testimonial, and do anything else that may help you repurpose content to share and get your name out further. Yeah. And it also builds clout as well. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, going to like the social media side of it, documenting this, uh, praising your employees, praising your clients, praising your trade partners. It makes people want to work with you, right? Yes. They like you, they know you, they trust you, they see you in the town, they see you in the neighborhood, they look you up. You need to have digital vi visibility at the end of the day. And tying back into SEO, one of the big things, like when we first started, like we started with an agency, right? As most contractors, they graduate to, they run their Facebook or Instagram by themselves and then they hire an agency for, for some more expanded approach on marketing. And one of the biggest things that like I was unaware of when we first started was blogs mm -hmm. and how important blogs, service pages, project blog reviews, like all of that is. Uh, can you dive into kind of how Google crawls that content and how that affects your SEO? Absolutely. So basically what Google is doing is reading physical words on your website to relate that to keywords people might be searching in. So therefore, they might not look just for a contractor near me. Maybe that's the word you want to find, but that's not what you have much on information on your website for. But people are searching more like kitchen remodel city, bath remodel near me, these type of keywords. So if you actually have a kitchen remodel service page, the who, what, where, when, why, how of your kitchen remodel process is everything you're going to write about. Google can scan that page, see the relevancy of what you have on that page compared to what people are typing in near you. So it's kind of why we always say that you want to go for the biggest keywords possible. You know, like for example, my plumbers, they want to rank for plumbing. And I absolutely am on the same page as that. People do type in plumber. 
However, they're looking for issues as well. So they may type in just water heater replacement. That had nothing to do with the keyword plumber. However, my plumber has a page just about water heaters because we're trying to make sure that we are matching problem and solution type of content. Uh So you mentioned blogs. Blogs are a great resource to answer like those FAQs about your business because people are typing those things in. And the joke I say is if they're asking you on the phone, they've already Googled it. There is no Uh joke about it. They have already Googled to see somewhat what the answer should be. So therefore they know what to expect on the phone with you. And they're kind of making sure that the answers match what their expectations were. So go ahead and be that resource and share all of that information about what the answers look like. And you're doing it a lot of it video as well, Ryan, you know, you could easily pop those videos in onto your blog post, summarize it. So therefore you're getting the best of both worlds because some people just like watching and listening. Others enjoy reading. And maybe if it's at 2 a.m. read, they need to be there and have that blog post. (laughs) And who does Google own? YouTube, the second largest search engine in the world. Yes. Uh, So yeah, I mean, it makes sense to do content. I so here's a takeaway for contractors. One of the lowest hanging fruit things you could do is sign up with like Ring Central or Call Rail and get the transcripts. And then you could go to ChatGPT, download the transcript, put it in ChatGPT, and ask it what questions were asked by the customer. Yeah. All those questions are going to pop up, and all of those are content ideas. Yes. Right. Shoot a video on those things. Write a blog about those mm-hmm. things. Tie those questions in those keywords into Keyword Planner planner in Google. Yep. And you have, and you're starting to create content that the customer already wants. Yeah. Problem solution. So, oh, but Ryan, yeah. you need to work with me as much as you know. <laughs> and, <laughs> well, and, I'm blessed to have, you know, two great marketers in my office with me and we run, we, we do a lot. So yeah. And, and if yeah. that feels too technical or too three steps above what your thought process is just yet, the analogy I always give is if you are the one answering the phone or a family member or your office manager, just have them simply have a notepad beside them. Write down those questions. And what's going to happen is they're going to have to put more strikes beside those questions. Every time that question gets asked, mm-hmm. they have a priority sheet of this question got asked 10 times, this one five times, three, two, two, two. And you know what content to attack first. So you can go old school with it if you want to. I love using AI, using shortcuts to help you create these things. Mm-hmm. And also the other tips in a sense, go to all your competitors' websites. What are they blogging about? You exactly. can go to Google, type that question in, and there's a people also asked section. You know, if you're afraid to invest in AI, all you have to do is go to Google, look at websites, and then type those questions into Google, see who's ranking for it. And if no one close to you ranks for that keyword, well, then there is a golden goose egg opportunity right there waiting for you. And you can easily find those to do this on your own. Obviously, if you have a marketing company, they should be doing all of this for you. Yeah. But these are some steps put in place to make sure, hey, we're getting these questions a lot. Why don't well, we have this on our website? And back to the premise of hiring an agency, everything we're talking about, I don't have time to do myself. Yes. Right? Even if I wanted to, uh, and I do, I have an affinity for marketing, but there's no way. There's no yeah. enough time in the day. I'm a contractor, <laughs> right? I'm building a business. Um, and I think that, one, a framework that we started with, are uh, you familiar with Marcus Sheridan at yes. all? Yeah. yeah. So the they ask you answer framework, mm-hmm. you know, and just putting solutions in front of people that are searching to fix their problem. Yeah. And, and that you just can't go wrong with that. And every single problem, every single client had a specific reason why they went with you. 
So if you could find that unique selling proposition, that's a commonality across all your clients and then message towards those clients that you loved working with, you're going to start breeding uh, a, a, a repeat of that ideal client, that ideal customer every single time. And, yeah. and that's the goal. Cause we don't want to work with people that don't want to work with us. We don't want to work with people that are headaches that are trying to do their own demo and their own painting yeah. and their own flooring. It's like, that's why we're a company, right? Yeah. So talking to those people, the way that it, that they need to be spoken to digitally, it's, it's the best tool you guys have as a contractor. Yeah, and that's why you shouldn't be scared as a contractor at the very beginning to try a lot of different approaches. See which yeah. one works for you because your area might be driving in a different target clientele based on how you're marketing. So I may see someone in Miami gets absolutely nothing from Facebook and Instagram. They said, do the people are getting, it's not the right clientele for us, not a good fit, but all through their Google, they're getting people who are doing research, are homeowners, or within the budgets that they're looking to get. And it might be completely the opposite for someone in Utah. Like yeah. that's the part where you have to play with it. And that's maybe not the joyful part for a contractor, but the joyful part for a marketing company when you eventually part with them. Because if you track what's working, then you can put and invest more money in what's working and not keep splitting hairs oh. between all the different funnels you could be using. Yeah, which we're gonna touch on attribution ROI. But first I wanna talk about the diet pills. Right, like I'm personally in fat camp over here in California. <laughs> I'm working out now. I'm running again. I'm trying to get my health back in in check. Good. And same thing with contractors, especially with you know the doom and gloom on on the news and all this stuff, which I don't subscribe to. But uh, there's a recession, right? I think we've been in a recession. Truthfully, what are the low hanging fruit, get a lead in the door type solutions right now? Not in six months, twelve months with SEO, building up your social profiles, all of that. What's a quick fix solution to get a lead? Yeah, so if we're basically having to cut out the nurturing side mm -hmm. of getting prospects in, so they are already, let's go back to the analogy of the husband in the bed, 2 a.m., he can't sleep because his wife said, I will kill you if we don't fix these bathrooms and kitchens anytime soon. You know, I hate you. I hate this whole house. This needs to be fixed. Well, homeboy Derek is on his phone at night. He's going most likely straight to Google and typing in kitchen remodel. He's typing in these keywords. So if we need to go after diet pills because we know we're not going to rank for kitchen remodel anytime soon. You know, that's a search engine optimization. That's SEO. I'm not there yet. Then we need to focus mainly on Google ads. And that way you can show up, your listing can show up in the Google Map pack. You know, there's an ad for that within Google. There's also local service ads or Google guaranteed ads, which are also mm -hmm. giving a lot of good feedback because you can dispute. Google guaranteed's great. Yeah. Yes, you can dispute bad leads on it. So I would pick something like that. I'm not, a, I'm right now currently, I'm not the biggest fan of Google PPC, which is just the regular text ads at the top where you pay for a clip. So mm -hmm. that's not a call. That's not a conversion. That's not anything. Whereas LSA or like the Google Maps type of ads. Acronym. Explain it. Yes. What's so LSA? LSA is local service ads. So that is where Perfect. you're either going to show up under the Google guaranteed area or you're also doing Google map ads. So you're going to show up in either of those two areas. Those are getting higher traffic and higher conversion um, for Google because they're charging more for lead. But this isn't like an Angie's List or Home Advisor bullshit we all hate where this mm. person's phone number is going across from five contractors and it's a race who can call them first. These and are to leads. the bottom, yeah. Yes, these are leads <laughs> that are calling you directly. So the goal is with any of this, you have to answer the phone first yeah. and foremost. You cannot purchase any type of marketing and expect it to work if you can't answer the phone appropriately. So you need to answer the phone. And as long as this lead is asking for a service you provide and the service area you provide that service within, 
then they're calling directly to you. But if they're outside of those area or services, then you can dispute that and get that money back with Google. So that's why I like that as a diet pill, because, you know, you're paying for the diet pills. But if one's not a good one, you can spit it back out and get your money back for that pill. Mm. You know, it is more of an avid process to work with it. But these are things where you are showing up on page one of Google immediately. And if it's going to be towards the end of a home buyer's journey, then that's where they're going to be actually physically looking for the companies to contact. And they're going to go through Google. They're going to go through their website. And then from their website, check out their social media platforms to make sure things match and there's consistency across the board. So that's kind of why we go a little backwards. We want things instantly versus the nurturing aspect would be to do SEO, do social media, you know, post things organically so that over time you build that brand and awareness. If that we want moat. diet pills right now. Yeah. Yeah. We just yeah. got to be here right now and kind of go more for the quantity side. Here's one thing I, 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 I don't know. The big players, right? Like Home Depot, Lowe's, Thumbtack, House, Angie, um, Angie and Home Advisor, I guess are one now. Yeah. Um, you know, all those people that are pumping six figures a month into these PPC, do they have access to LSA as well? I have not seen any of them show up on LSA just yet, which I would assume they're only been allowed to use yeah. for like small and medium businesses. For the GM, yeah, because I was going to say like Home Depots have locations throughout every community, right? Yeah. Nationwide. It could be a GMB that's local and yes. I mean, well, and, the and marketing department's smarter than me, but yeah, and how their category set up is more uh, store related or e-commerce, mm-hmm. yeah. which if they want to push Google Business ads, then they would have to change their category completely. So they would have to yeah. be a plumber or an HVAC guy, you know. And they're so spread out, given they have money to do whatever they want. <laughs> I was going to say honestly, because that's the big allure about LSA to me is that if you're going traditional PPC, you're fighting for fifth place. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's just the reality. All yep. those high competition keywords, uh, the high bids on them, like you're, you're competing for fifth place and then a map pack because you're right on top of the map pack. You're not even yep. number one on Google anymore. It's you're number six. And then there's a map pack right here that yep. has more authority than your measly sixth place ad, um, which is why we kind of like stepped away from PPC mm-hmm. um, just because of that, because we couldn't compete with those legions. Yeah. And it's all, again, it's all based on clicks. So if it's still $25 to $50 a a click for getting someone who's looking for a contractor, construction, remodeler, builder, um, it could take five clicks before someone actually places they call. So now that's, you know, wait, it's a couple hundred dollars, which given for the type of jobs you're doing, that may be a drop in the bucket based on how big your jobs are. But we got to remember, if you're starting off and being small, we need to be very smart with how our money is being spent and making sure yeah. that those calls are coming directly to us because we need those leads to happen now. Yeah. And those all things, again, feed into your website and feed into the SEO. So I'd rather you kind of put more money with the local service ads or the Google Map ads to make sure that you're showing up where people trust it and you're getting those direct contacts to you. And yes, you're going to be paying somebody. Money does go to Google. They are huge for yeah. a reason. And they can afford to buy out YouTube because of the money they generate off of this. You just need to be smart with the process. Make sure you use it. Make sure you're working with your dashboard. And make sure, for the love of God, you're answering your phone and answering it very excitedly. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, that is kind of like you're paying for that phone call. And that was actually one of the toughest things about when uh, scaling, right? Scaling a sales team. Like We have a CSR, takes all the phone calls. We have salespeople that nurture all these leads. We call them concierge because they're they're red carpeted through our process, mm-hmm. but 
I was like, the biggest thing to let go of was the phone calls. Cause I was like, that's $400 a call. Like that's, that's a $400 bill. And obviously an employee doesn't view it that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you're not answering your phone, what do you do it? Right. Yeah. And, and if you, and if you do have staff that's helping you with this, going back to what you said, like get call rail, get a call tracking feature on your website and on everything you're doing. So that way you can listen back in for quality assurance. Mm-hmm. You know, are they answering the phone nicely? And the reason I bring this up, it seems so low level of a thing you just know you should have and do. But I have listened to some of our clients' phone calls, and you would be surprised by the times Nancy came in that day and was just not in the mood to work and was like, hi, ABC Construction, what do you want? Yeah. You know, that, yeah. that's not the client experience they want to begin with. And especially if you're selling higher level type of jobs, design build, if I'm spending over 50 grand with you, you better treat me like I'm freaking royalty. And anything lesser than that would make me question using you in its entirety. So that one phone call Nancy took could have lost you a quarter of a million. Yeah. And you're not checking to know where that money is going. Well, and and this has everything to do with marketing, too, in the sense of messaging, yeah. right? Uh, if your sales team or yourself as the owner isn't really standing behind the messaging and the vibe and the feel and the ambiance of your marketing, you now just lied to a client and you broke mm-hmm. trust, right? Yeah. If marketing is saying one thing and you're not fulfilling what it's saying you can't fulfill, you are now a liar. Yeah. And you broke all that trust with that client, you're not gonna get that lead. So that's that's really important, especially when we start adding people in this process, is that they need you need to break down the silo between marketing and sales and operations because marketing dictates how sales is going to operate and how operations is going to fulfill. So it's a, it's a very tricky equation there with the messaging. And one of my favorite things that I'm trying to, I'm going to, it's my Q1 initiative next year for all client interactions. It comes from how to win friends and influence people. It's one of my favorite parts of the book. Smile. That's Mm -hmm. it. Right. Just smile. Like if you're on the phone and you're smiling, if you're talking to a person and you're smiling, like you are right now, like it's a lot pleasant of a conversation. Yeah. Right. And no matter what, it's hard for people to be mad at you when you're smiling at them, even in a really you know shitty s- situation. Like smile. It's going to be OK. It's fine. You're, I'm happy to talk to you. Yeah. I'm so happy you called KHB. What can I do for you? How can I help you? Like just smile, you know, yeah. and. So little things like that just go a long way on capitalizing on the marketing dollar. And all these things add up to different styles and types of first impressions. Mm -hmm. So the first impression they got from your website, from your social media, and then from when they called you, that person that answers the phone, all of these things play a role in them choosing who they want to work with. Because the thing I like to say, if if it gets difficult at any stage of the buying process, then the homeowner is going to assume that it's going to get more difficult because I'm already having conflicts here and now, which is the part where they're just trying to get my money. You know, why would this be difficult for me? And that's kind of where just you want to think holistically about your plan. You know, you can spend thousands of dollars on these local service ads on Google, get hundreds of calls. But if you're not doing everything right in the sales process afterwards, it Mm -hmm. all goes to crap. It's all shit. This is a huge waste of your hard-earned dollars to not use them appropriately. So that's why I would say just play yourself as as a company. You know, like try calling. If it's you that answers the phone, it makes it a little difficult. But have a friend or family member walk through the process with you and just give you honest feedback of, hey, you had your phone, great, but it took a, a two weeks to get us to come out for you to quote me. And then it was two weeks after that to have the next step, you know, and I had, I called another ABC contracting and they did all of this within five days. 
you know, yep. and gave us a 3D model of what the kitchen would look like. You know, you can cross compare yourself to what everybody else is doing and you have to get up to at least that standard of what they're doing. If you can't afford it, then you have to do that thing, Ryan, win them with a smile, show yep. them that you will go above and beyond. I'm sorry, I'm not as fancy as big guys yet, but I will hustle and do everything I need to do to prove yeah. my worth to you. Everyone has a unique selling proposition. It's just identifying it. Even if you're the smallest guy coming into a market, you have a unique proposition for that client on customer service, quality of work. I, you know, I don't have all these employees to manage, so my overhead isn't that high. I'm going to be more cost effective. You're going to get catered one-on-one -on -one service. Whereas with us, like we have those employees, we have that overhead. I have a different proposition than that person does, right? And we're going to have our own field of the markets, uh, and it's going to split how it splits depending yep. on that person's needs. But yeah, I think that's huge. And I, I really like with agencies, age, it's an extension of your brand. It's an extension of your company. And I, I really like with like Angie's, right? If you're trusting Angie to bring you leads, you are completely forfeiting your authenticity, your, your ethics, in my opinion, your brand integrity, uh, everything about your company is at the mercy of this conglomerate that yeah. does not care. All they care about is reselling that click, reselling that click, reselling that click. And it doesn't do you any favors in growing your company. No. Um, it's, well, it's terrible. I mean, it's, it, it was a great invention for those who need leads, but there are so many other alternate routes out there that Ugh. are 10 times better than Angie's List and Home Advisor. And I mean, I, I sat there about five years ago, I sat across someone who had to have their phone open with the email because once that email came in, they would say, oh, so sorry, this was a $100 lead. Yep. I have to go call them. And yeah. they would do that every 20 minutes. And in that one hour with them, they had about four or five phone calls they went on. They said none of them actually answering back. One guy did, and he didn't know who the hell I was. Yep. I was like, well, then doesn't this affect we should actually sit down and get real serious about what marketing you're doing? Because obviously this is not a forever funnel for you. It feels yeah. good, but it's not ROI. It's just not there for you. Angie, they're predatory, man. I, I, they did so much damage to our industry that I care about so much. It's, it, I can't express the frustration and anger I have towards that organization. Yeah, uh, they have damaged the culture of contracting and have forever fragmented our market um, until they're gone. Because, uh, yeah, it's it's disgusting what they've done. And that's kind of where it's not just. Home advisor and annual lead. If you are a contractor and you're taking everything to the next step on your marketing, you have to be weary of whoever you partner with next because everybody's always going to promise big and mm -hmm. then potentially underdeliver for you. And that's what yeah. Home Advisor and Angie's List did is they promised, you know, all these things that here's a transparent, you know, cost per call or cost per person or lead that's coming your way. And that's kind of where when you do that back to any style of marketing, you want to track what the hell is working. And again, spend more money in that. So, you know, we, you and I hate Home Advisor and Angie's List. However, there might be a contractor that is, has gone into the nine figures because of doing that potentially. And they just know how to work the system perfectly. Now that's. Well, and I think there is a time and place to use those like yes. uh, RFP, all those bid lists that they just shock it out to all these different sub trades. And I think there's a time to use those mm -hmm. once you have a moat. Right. And I think. The, the framework that I would like to have is I want to be, be my own Angie's, right? Mm -hmm. I want every single demand for home improvement in my immediate market running through my marketing funnels. Yeah. And I want to decide who I disperse those leads to. Because if I can't service it, I got a whole list of subcontractors, handymen, and friends 
that I can refer that I know that client's taken care of. So I think like as a contractor in that long-term view, building out that moat in that authority organically in your immediate market is invaluable um, and become your own Angie's lead. And then once you're big enough, yes, subscribe to all those bid lists, subscribe to Angie's, Thumbtack, yeah. everything else, because you're gonna have a team to filter through all that BS yeah. and you're still gonna get some ROI on it. But as an owner operator, you're gonna be chasing your tail and you're gonna be burning cash yeah. going through Angie's. And I still think you could spend that money add somewhere else and get a lot better return for it. It I just feels a little bit scarier to do because you're not aware of it as much as Home Advisor and Angie's List push themselves down your throat. So yeah. just just Google it, guys. That's that's kind of the half the answer today. It's just Google the different funnels you can do. And I mean, I would definitely suggest look up Google Guaranteed, look up LSA ads, look up Google Map ads. Those mm -hmm. are going to most likely get you a bigger bang for your buck. And you can set those up yourself. There are a million YouTube guides out there. There's also a million marketers like us who can take this off your hands completely. But I guess the thing I like to do is like the power is in your hands. You can do all of this. I did yeah. not go to Harvard University to figure out how to set up an LSA ad. I watched a million videos that Google self-produced to show you how to do it and the best ways around it. And then I watched all the other guys doing it, telling me the cheat codes of what really works after testing. So you can do the exact same thing yourself. The reason you hire a marketing company is we can take that off your load because we're spending 40 hours a day to research, to figure out the best ways, to test the best ways while you focus on building and treating your clients with the highest quality possible. So that way you can get repeat clients while we focus on new clients. So yeah. I guess the thing is don't, you know, don't keep yourself and stuck in such a corner such as that. There are a million marketing methods. And what we talked about earlier is if you actually do call tracking or any type of lead tracking on everywhere you're spending money, you will know very quickly what's working and what's not working to repivot money into the right area and the right funnel. And that's another value of uh, like Brittany brings with one thing marketing is the attribution that can show you the ROI is the biggest thing and the biggest smoke and mirror in marketing is attribution. Um, like last click attribution where this person came from to then come to my website or call conversion or whatever it may be is pretty good. But when you're having, let's say, a seven-layer funnel and that combines some physical advertising, whether that's trucks, trailers, print ads, whatever it may be, and then digital or geo-fenced marketing, and then rehashing marketing, and then direct, like, click this, now I have an offer for you, like a heavy uh, on a warm lead type conversion, it's tough to know what actually happens, right? Yeah. And oftentimes what we've found, we need to touch people seven to nine times mm -hmm. digitally before they convert. Like we've had clients that they came to our website a year before they converted and they've yeah. been on our page 60 plus times. Yeah. They've gone to our content and then we hop on and we're looking at like clarity on Microsoft, right? Like where's the friction? Why is yeah. it, why convert? Like do you're like poking it and like do something, you know? Yeah. But that's why something with like one thing, they can tell you like, hey, LSA produced this, organic GMB produced this. Yep. Your PPC rehashing, because I think rehashing is valuable with display and PPC, not as cold, but rehashing, I think it works. Uh, you, here's what Facebook's producing, right? Here's what YouTube's producing. You don't have to worry about that, right? You have yeah. someone like Brittany to show you, here's the return on your dollar. Yep. You know, put a dollar in this machine, you're going to get 20 back. Put a dollar in this one, you're getting $10 back. Yeah. Um, I love that basically you're harassing all of your clients, Ryan, just to get them to sign up with you. And I joke when I say harassing because you have to touch almost anybody in an environment like this that many yeah. times for a job this big. Because as you mentioned earlier, it's a huge trust. 
as well. So they we may will find follow you until they die. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Like you they have, have to, to change everything about their whole lifestyle for us not to rehash them. Yeah, yeah. It, that's kind of where I love when everybody understands that concept as well. Is I can't close them just in the first touch that I have with them, and that's kind of where <laughs> we talk about. You know, there are these quick diet pills. You know, towards the bottom of the funnel, they're ready to buy. They're just looking for the guy to do the job. And then there's top of the funnel. So they are just starting to do research. They are starting to think about it. They're curious of what the, the price is, the cost is. You know, there's different avenues to kind of do all of this. But the main thing that you and I are talking about is no matter which funnel you use, you can track it somehow. And the one tip I like to give everybody when it gets a little bit more tedious into, okay, well, we have three different commercials running. We have a radio. We have three billboards. We do have digital. You know, we do have social media. We have all these things going on what the hell, what, what are we doing? How do we know what's going on? Is yeah. the one thing I like to say is as much as you have more funnels, you need to spend time to make sure you are differentiating what you're offering in each of these funnels. So for example, if you do have three different TV commercials going on, well, those three different TV commercials are going to have, you know, get your $21 kitchen remodel design. Sorry, it's only $21 for your kitchen model. Commercial TV number two is $22. Next one, $23. You are doing weird numbers. So therefore, when they call and they ask for that offer, and I know that's a bad one because you don't want to offer yeah. a design for only $21, but just put it to your industry what would work best with it. When they call the office and give that coupon code, you now have a 100% better of, okay, it's not just TV, but it's this TV campaign we're running that's getting it. So is it on yeah. different channels? Is it a different the offer that's in it? Or is it the market that it's segmented to? Like you can actually get down to the nitty gritty of this, but you have to be proactive when you think about this, you know, radio, any of these other things, they're easier to change than maybe a recorded commercial you have. But if you can actually think a little bit long-term, hey, like what's my unique selling proposition? Like, what do I do differently? And then what can I offer that's different than my competition that I can also track this on that people would be interested in? So that first, very first step, don't just say it's a free estimate. Give something in addition to it. You know, those who yeah. call to get a free estimate by January 1st will also get 10% off this next additional service that you're most likely going to partner with it. And yeah. 11%, 12%, just do weird things like that because you want to run a lot of these channels, but you have to test. And that's kind of one every every client might want their marketer to just really focus in on one thing. But that's one thing we always need to be pushing back on you is, well, why don't we test this? It could be better. You know, like, and that's kind of where you want someone as competitive as what you are competitive. You know, yeah. it, this isn't risky. We're just making micro tweaks to see, will this convert better? If it get, goes from a 2% to a 5%, well, if you get thousands of visits on this, that's a lot of new leads you're getting just from a few percentage increase points in the conversion of those. So and you kind of need to be open to it. Yeah, it's the correlation and causation, you know, that's what's tough in the attribution. Um did this happen because I did this, which is why I always recommend changing one thing at a time, right? Mm -hmm. On an AB, like whether that's your demographic, one thing, or location, one thing, or messaging, your H1 is different on this landing page and this landing page, whatever that may be, um, or correlation. Like mm -hmm. they got into this funnel and that produced this, right? Yeah. And that's what's so tough about all these different marketing streams. Like you have OTT, over the top for streaming and everything else. You have... Um, the PPC, you have direct digital, you have, which ties into meta, the affiliate, display, local, LSA, like there's just so many yeah. pieces of the pie that the contractor starting out, 
take the diet pill, right? Mm-hmm. Build some return, retained earnings, and then invest into a marketing strategy. But once you get to a certain level, you almost need all of it because the best lead is the lead that came in a year ago, right? Mm-hmm. They already came in. They already know your brand. And now how do we build trust over the next six, nine, 12, 18 months to where we can nurture them to convert? And that's the long play. And that's what's an agency like yourself could really help with. Definitely. That's what we're here for. That's what you're here for. Well, Brittany, I really appreciate your time. Uh, everyone listening or watching on YouTube, Brittany's a wealth of knowledge. That's why we had her on. Uh, super smart, great agency. Uh, all of her details will be below, but do you want to tell people how they can get a hold of you? Yes. Easiest way is if you like what I had to say, you're curious of what could work for you, please go to our website, onethingmarketing.net. And at the very top, there's a book of strategy session. So everything I kind of talked about, I will help you brainstorm. If you or wanting to wait. You're just kind of curious. We actually do a free ebook on our homepage as well. So to scroll down a little bit further on onethingmarketing.net, and there are the nine top tips and strategies for local trade businesses, what you need to be doing when it comes to the digital side of your marketing. So we touched on ads, Google business reviews, and this podcast today, that ebook will go a little bit more in depth on it. So you can kind of make sure you can put some of these things in practice if you're a solopreneur right now. And then rehash those emails. Yes. And then you'll see what an email <laughs> nurturing sequence looks like. So still, still my tactics, download the ebook yeah. and see what we have to say and just use, and I don't, I don't mind if anyone doing this, you've made a joke about it, but I, I would rather someone download my ebook and see the type of content and resources we're trying to give and use that for your industry. If you have done a project where you have a video of you're walking through one of your projects and Hey, here's the top mistakes that this homeowner had with their past person and what we're fixing that goes into an email post and oh my God, some people will actually click and listen to it and be excited that you're willing to point out mistakes that people are doing in the industry or whatever content comes to mind. Steal what I'm doing. It's nothing, none of this is new. And that's kind of the fun part a little bit in marketing is we're never having to reinvent the wheel. We're figuring out how to make it more effective and go the direction we want it to go. So you can steal this concepts from almost anybody in your competition market. You can steal it from me. I'm I'd rather see local businesses completely thrive and be successful because they stole my email marketing sequence than be bought out by big corporations just because they can't pay their employees on time. They're just not doing well. So try some of these things. Hopefully one of them sticks at least. And then when that one works, build on it. But take the shortcuts. Take the diet pills for now, guys. You know, bikini season's right around the corner. Right, Ryan? (laughs) It is. Well, thank you, Brittany. And uh, we'll talk soon. Awesome. Thank you, Ryan. 